Scale Well Podcast. How to use technology to scale your business. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Scale Well Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm here with Matt Gamble. We're two of the founders of Nudge Coach, an easy-to-use client management platform for fitness businesses. And today we have with us Vito Lafada. It's the no BS business marketing educator, online visionary, brand coach, and certified high-performance coach to the wellness and fitness professional who is looking to know how to grow a brand online and achieve success and income above the norms of the industry on a consistent basis. Vito, you've done a lot, so I'm not going to cover everything. I know we're going to touch on it today, but really appreciate you being here with us. Uh, no, I'm pumped, dudes. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. This, this should be a good one. If uh, we, were, we were talking trash about Scott Rockcliffe earlier, who will be on one of our future podcast episodes, so we need to acknowledge that. So Well, now we've said it, so we still, have to have Still him. bringing people together, <laughs> though. And to take a moment, we are actually in our new podcast location, so hopefully oh, yeah. this new podcast room is doing its job so yeah we'll, we'll come up with a fancy name for this at some point yeah. but right now it's just the new pod, podcast well, you're, you're the first guest in the new podcast room in the office i like that breaking ground already we'll, we'll put a big portrait of you in the background for the next episode <laughs> the, um, well we were you know we're so excited to have you and like i said i knew you have touched a lot of different aspects of the fitness industry you've been kind of all over the place and just incredibly established at this point really making a huge impact. And, you know, I really am thankful Scott introduced this because, you know, you have an incredible story for one and people seem to listen to you and think you know what you're talking about. So we need, we needed to learn more, right? So let's just figure, how did, you know, how'd you get into fitness? How, let's talk, start from the top here. Oh man, you want to go that far back? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, originally coming out of college, I was an economics major and I went to Wall Street. I was a trader on Wall Street doing that whole gig and whatnot way back in the day. But there came a point when I was in that career that I was just like, I love this work. These people are maniacal. And I do not <laughs> want to be surrounded by these people for the rest. Of As you can tell from the Wall Street movements and the things that are going on out in the world today, it's not conducive to human relationships inside of there. So I was just like, I don't want to be in this. And I ended up like leaving there. I went into fashion work for Calvin Klein because I used to like fashion. And also I was just like, wow, these people are the opposite of them. They'll kill you. These people just will freaking like be two-faced with you. And I was like, <laughs> not the people I want to be around here. And uh, I always tell it because I can physically remember the day I was sitting inside of a, a showroom and I was doing this exercise where I just pull out a blank piece of paper and I was just like, if I could be doing anything in the world, whether I was getting paid for it or not, what are the things I'd be doing? And back then I was always writing, reading, or in the gym because I played sports my whole life. And I was just like, in the gym. I always loved being in the gym. What would it mean to be a trainer? And I just went and looked up what does it mean to be a trainer and whatnot. Went and got a certification quietly overnight. The minute I passed the certification, I handed in my freaking resignation. I walked into a crunch on 83rd and Columbus on the Upper West Side. And I was just like, yeah, I'm looking to be a trainer. And I happened to meet this really cool manager that was just like, all right, talk me through some stuff. And she saw that I had no fear of sales. Yeah, yeah. Like, You're hired. She's like, this is a rarity in the industry to meet a trainer that would not afraid of sales. And just I walked into that gym from 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. for 30 days in a row. And I had 31 clients at the end of it. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in the fitness industry. <laughs> That's crazy. All of a sudden, I was just in the training world. I loved it. I dug it out. But that was back in New York. Then eventually, we, we ended up getting moved out to the Orange County Crunch. Mm -hmm. What's running the numbers? Because 
no offense, Cali trainers, but like you got to get your surf in first. Right. <laughs> do all the other stuff. I remember my manager at the time who was out there was just like, hey, you got to come check out this club. And she's just like, you would kill it out here with your like New York work ethic. And I was like, all right. I get off the plane and I was like, is this the weather? Is, like, it, <laughs> is it always like this? I'm like, is it, like, they're like 340 like, days a year or whatnot. I was like, what? Walked into the club. I was watching that. Literally, I, like, I was watching. Like, we grew up in the industry where here's an appointment book. Get the F out on the floor and go talk to people. Cause we're, and there was no, like, hourly wage back then. Like, you're working the floor hours. You were hungry and you didn't pay rent if you didn't freaking go out there and hustle for clients. Right. And I was watching all these Cali trainers. I'm like, nobody approaches anybody on the floor here. Does anybody give away free sessions? Does anybody do what? They're like, nah, they barely do that stuff out here. And out here, we got to pay like a minimum wage on that. I was like, I'll be back in a week. <laughs> Went, sold all my stuff, moved out to Cali, did the same exact model, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. Well, actually in Cali, nobody gets up at 5. It's 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Full book of business and whatnot. And then I just started my whole training career on the West Side before Bally stepped in and bought Crunch. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> we're out of here. And then I started my own business from a freaking apartment complex, garage, studio. I did the whole thing that the trainer world were trained on. Yeah. Your trainer, start your own business, maybe in a garage or somewhere where a boot camp outside. Then eventually one day you'll have the studio and all that. I did that whole run before breaking off of my partner, going $105,000 in debt because it was a bad buyout. Mm. And it was just having to buy her out, the mm. whole thing. I had to short sell my house. That was a nightmare period of life. But the cool thing is, is in there, I learned this thing that I always try to teach the industry. I'm like, have contingency plans. Because I didn't have a contingency plan back then. But the only thing I did have was an email list. And I understood some email autoresponders mm-hmm. to understand, to talk to the clients about what they want. So when I lost all that business and I had to start over, there was one thing I still had as an asset, the email list. So I started talking to the email list. I started to figure out how I can do things mm-hmm. with that. That was my first taste of the online technology world, if you will, where I was just like, so if I talk more to people with emails, I drive more sales in than not doing this. And I just started to slowly build that back up before 2010 is when I got the, I got the bug. That's the first time I sold an info product. Yeah. Was, so we could take our knowledge, we could package it online, and people buy that shit? <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, this is what that's all about. And then I was just like, I went on a journey of studying under Brendan Bouchard, Ryan Dice, Jeff Walker, all those guys. Yeah. And that's, that was basically the beginning of how I started to find out an online brand. And then I, everybody started asking me how I did it. So I turned around and started teaching it. And that brings us to here today. That is incredible. I think the, the underlying theme here is we just need to take advantage of the West Coast slower lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. We haven't moved enough West yet. We're we working just on move that. everyone out to California <laughs> and take advantage of the hardest. Hard work. I will, I will, anybody on the West Coast is like, you do, da, 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 da. but I'd be like, ask me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, right, so, hire some West Coast people and see what it's like. What's, what's interesting about this, though, is you started more from the sales side. And I think one of the lessons we see that comes up or a common theme here is that most people in fitness 
have this are so skittish about sales. Just the whole idea. And I'm, I'm not a sales guy. Well, we're, we're all salespeople. I don't care who you are. So it's, so, I mean, are, is that one of the key things you think you're generally having to share with people is getting them comfortable with that idea of selling? I mean, like it's, it's in the top three things you have to yeah. share because I mean, you know, if you look at our industry average of what a trainer makes $42,000 a year, I mean, there's something wrong with the current model of how we're training people. Mm -hmm. We're teaching them all training programming, but unless they want to work for somebody forever, that doesn't translate over because no. I when I went from trainer to studio owner, I was just like, Shh, crap, nobody told me that I had to know all about marketing, I had to know all about business, I had to know about all this. So I wasn't well prepared for it, yeah. which is what put me behind. Then you're the glorified technician. You're doing all the training, trying to run a business, and then we wonder why the person is struggling so mm -hmm. much, maybe not breaking out, that today, if you're not selling, you're being sold. Like, yeah. period. And then you just gotta decide, do you wanna always have somebody else in control of your destiny? What do you want? I mean, just getting my wife to marry me was the greatest freaking sales job I ever did. <laughs> getting your kids to do homework is a sales job. It's just a little weird when people like have a hang up with sales. I'm like, that's just a little weird because I'm like, our economy would stop. Right, right, right. Would fail. That you're just like, you're just weirded out because you're actually worried about what people think about you. Yeah. You're worried about their opinion or you don't believe in your product, yourself, or your vision big enough to want to go evangelize it. Mm -hmm. So then you got to go back to what, what's really going on with you. Because right, right, right some evil thing on its own. Of course, there's douchebags, bags <laughs> in anything. Yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think that's it. I think people have the used car salesman in their mind. Everybody remembers the one time they ran into that kind of douchebag salesman and then yeah. were, it's just implanted in there. That guy's ruining sales. <laughs> yes. I'm always like, I'm always like, I'm always like laughing when people, cause I'm like, hey, the, like, the, I'm like, those clothes, did you stitch them yourself? They're like, what? I'm like, did you make them yourself? They're like, no, oh, you bought them? Yeah. Did you barter? Did you bring a pig? And you're like, I'll give, <laughs> you give me clothes. Or yeah. is barter not working anymore today? It's not working? You, you exchanged cash. Were you like, you effing bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Those jeans make my ass look good, but I hate you. I, <laughs> I hate you. It's just this weird, right. weird thing that like, it's got too many holes to poke in. Yeah. That you're just like, come yeah. on guys. And that mindset is why you're broke. That yeah. mindset yeah. is why you're struggling. If you well, yeah, it, it, I'm glad you touched on this because I think we see this come up a lot from our perspectives. People coming to us saying, you know, what's, you know, I'm starting a business. What model do I use? And I think what we've seen in general is that everyone across this industry undervalues themselves. I feel like, are you seeing this on your side? I mean, pretty typical. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's why it's so hard for them to think about high-end coaching programs and high-ticket events and things like that because they're so used to just kind of commodity pricing themselves now. Yeah. And now with technology, it's getting worse because now fitness is becoming ubiquitous online. It's free online. You've got technology apps and all this that are driving the price down because somebody's learned scale. But then they're like, oh, but when I used to do things one-on-one -on -one, and now the person's getting it for like 99 bucks or 299 in an app, you're like, no, you're not innovating. You're not yeah, it, so, and someone said this recently, and I can't remember who, someone on our show was talking about this, that 
if a 299 app is replacing your service, you probably weren't very good at your service. Dr. Joe Farantelli. That's who it was. Credit, yeah. That was, that's who it was. Okay. You, you've been cutting the screen, cutting the videos. So mm -hmm. You probably spent more time on it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. I think it's too often that we're seeing that someone looks, you know, someone in the industry is looking and saying, okay. And from a consumer's perspective, it's me or the technology. And they're, they're, I don't think we're seeing enough of the marriage between the two. And I think that's where some really interesting models can come to play. And think about it. That's where you're differentiating yourself too. So, I mean, yeah. is that, that's part of it. Do you see, you know, professionals out there comparing themselves against the technology and saying, Oh shit, that's a lower price point. I have to lower my price point to compete with that. Instead of saying what kind of awesome thing can I provide with yeah. this combined or yeah. how can I leverage this to make my offering look that much more amazing? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think, like, we can choose to view technology as a threat or as an asset. Mm -hmm. and to the non-innovators, non-marketers, non-sales, non-business people, it will be a threat because you are just as good as the service you provide as compared to the message that you're putting out. And more people are using technology, at least the way we teach it and the people that we have. Like, technology is just a matter of convenience. It's a matter of access, matter of scale. But there, was, there should always still be the human that interprets what's going on with technology or helps the person fit it into life and what does it mean for them. There's a difference between a workout that is just like, this is the thing I do as compared, this is a program that's moving my life forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to teach people more is to be like, how do you break out of just the fitness only market and you step into the empowerment market or you step into the market of helping a person achieve a higher ambition and then technology is just like the person's on the road let's use an example of a professional that that guy's like dude i wish i could come to the gym five days a week but i'm on planes i'm in hotels i'm in this and that i'm on the road all the time and they're like hey if i can stream some on-demand workouts but i still have an accountability place a community i check into i can still access all my meal plans and stuff that's convenient for me thank you for making my life easier but you're still the person programming, choosing, telling me, making, motivating, inspiring me to check in, telling me that being the best at what I am is going to help me take care of my family better. It's mm -hmm. going to help me rise higher up in my industry. And those are the things I really want fitness for because I don't give a shit about fitness for fitness sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I care about it as what does this do for me as a human being. Well, there's, you can't paint that, you can't sell that. Right. And there's a piece you just touched on earlier before we started recording too. There's a psychological aspect that usually is a barrier to most people. You know, it's if you're, if you're needing to get in shape or needing to lose weight, it's not just the fact, Oh, I didn't know I needed to do pushups or run around. It was, you know, there's something else there. And it's, I think you were touching on that a minute. So do you want to go a little bit deeper in that kind of what you've seen from yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's dig into that though, because like, that's the thing that, um, everybody in the industry has got to kind of start recognizing is just that, it's not that people don't know what to do, like a push-up or here's the meal plan. That's not what they actually struggle with. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to sell. And that's why it's become so cheap. That's why it's become so commoditized because anybody with opposable thumbs can go on Mr. Googs and be like chest exercises, back exercises, how to do it. That's not how people right. look for help. People are sitting down looking for help to a problem that they have. So that person that like I was – one of my visionary planner students, like an example is like, so she deals with stay at home moms and she's like, I'm like, Hey, so you build in these 60 day programs, these 90 day programs. Like how many people finish those things? 
She's like, eh, that's not high. I'm like, so you sell them once, but they don't really kind of get through them. I'm like, yeah. Or she's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why? I don't, I'm like, survey them, ask them. So why do you have trouble, trouble finishing this? And it's never, I don't know how to do workout. I don't know how to follow meal plan. Yeah. It's always just like my kids run my schedule. Right. I don't have a good morning routine. Everything seems really complicated and I get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, do you think it would be cool that one of the first things that you teach them is like the master the morning planner and you teach them how to master their morning, how to create time. You want to schedule 30 minutes in, but they don't have 30 minutes. Teach them to make 30 minutes. Yeah. Then you can plug fitness program in and you can start plugging other stuff in, but you're going to somewhere that they're not ready to go to. So let's see the world through their eyes yep. and start building our programs according to the world that they're going through. And that's kind of like stepping stones for them. That's how you're going to get them to high ticket stuff. But if you don't do that, the person will buy once and then it's done because they didn't finish it. And then they don't believe in themselves more. And like, that's not a, like, that's an issue already in our industry. We give people complicated crap. They don't finish it. They fail 10 times out in the rest of the world. So now they're like, I totally am a failure. I don't want to do another fitness program. I don't want to do another thing. Wait, there's a commercial that promises something in 10 minutes. Right. I'll try that again now. And now we're feeding that loop. We got to start thinking about the psychology of the consumer, build products and programs that way, and let technology be assets and aids to that, but not the thing that replaces that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so say, say, say a personal trainer comes to you today and like, what is the first thing you're going to say to them to kind of break that mentality that they're just there to say, here's how you do a push up, here's how to do a squat and really start paying attention to, Hey, this is a lifestyle change. My favorite question with somebody that's doing something that's not getting a different result is just, how's it working? <laughs> yeah. <that's> <laughs> I mean, I wish it would be more complicated. Yeah. I wish I had something way more enlightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to just be like, how's it working? So you've been doing that for how long? And do you have the lifestyle that you want? Are you, is like your fan, like you're like our health insurance, our vacation fund, our investments are all lined up. We've got our kids in the best schools. I, like one car accident won't freaking bankrupt us. One emergency with my kid. I'm like, your life is totally set and you're happy with the way it's all at? No. So then what you're doing, is it working to get you there? Mm -hmm. If not, you got to re-examine this model and be like, something's off. And it's usually with our mindset about the way we, like, it's not, I, I, it's not the person's fault until they know. Right. right. Of it, when I came up in the industry. It's not like our conferences were teaching business and marketing. It was all about the lumbar pelvic hip complex and what to do with the anterior shoulder, what to do with that. And that's what we nerded out on. Yeah. But then all of a sudden when you start to be like, I'm a business owner now and nobody prepared me for this, or I want to make more income, but I have no idea how, then the all of a sudden what our industry did to us starts to come to the front. And now we're like, it needs to change. Hence why more conferences finally, yeah. finally are starting to put business and market podcasts like this. This is the stuff that's getting out there more. But now once you know, and then you don't go do anything about it. Now it is your fault. Yeah. Now you're just not looking at the reality of what's on the table or you have other mindset issues why you don't want to do that. Back to that sales stuff. Yeah. I don't want to be a marketer and whatnot. Well, then you should be a doer and you should work for somebody for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. because business ownership isn't for you. So, yeah. So I, let's, 
So one thing I, I want to make sure is kind of as we're bringing this all together is let's let's assume someone's listening or has come to you, Vito, and they've, they've, they feel like they've, they've seen the light and they say, yes, I need to get out of this kind of uh, the, the rat wheel or whatever you want to call it, and I'm ready to, to make the jump and do something new. What's, you know, you, you had a really interesting experience when you got into the fitness space. You already came from more of the business world. Um, you know, someone who maybe hasn't had experience on that side maybe doesn't have an email list, you know, what are the first steps you would recommend to somebody who says, okay, look, I'm ready to get out of this traditional kind of 95 and the traditional fitness box. I want to do my own thing. Where would you start? Where do you, where do you direct them? Well, the first thing I, I want to try to help them do is stop talking to everybody Yeah, and start trying to develop an avatar or a niche. Because yeah. right now, if you can, especially with the online world, if you can get into any niche, any sub niche that you freaking want right now, and you can build a solid six figure plus business, yeah. in almost any sub niche. You're like, I want to work with just metal heads in the thing that love fitness, that want to look good for their raves. Like you could probably <laughs> build a business around that because it's so sub niche. And you would so be able to target and talk to their things mm -hmm. and be in their world and back to saying, seeing their world from the eyes that you'd be able to be like, I know exactly what you're going through and I know exactly what you want created and I know how to move you through that, that it would do, it would pierce the noise much yeah. better than just more fitness and nutrition tips and stuff. Right. And that's what everyone's doing on social media, that people are just tuning that out now, unless they have a relationship with you. Yeah, yeah. So you got to think about who do I want to, love serving or who do I love serving and who is that exactly so that I can get clarity of that. So I can then start to be like, well, what's the vision or mission I'd want to build around that? What's the world I want to paint for them? And then I can start stepping into their world and think about their struggles, their frustrations, mm -hmm. their wants, their needs, so that I can think about the content that I need to put out that positions me as an authority for them to get to know, like, and trust me so I can build a relationship. And then you plan your product suite to be relationships builders. We're like, this is just our, it's like us going on a date. I'm not asking you to marry me yet. I'm yeah, yeah. You to just go on a date with me right here for like seven days. But once I deliver and I show you some good stuff, let's go on this next date. But it might be a little bit bigger commitment. Build that. Then the next thing. And that's how eventually you get to those mm -hmm. higher ticket things where people are coming away on retreats with you. They're doing immersion weekends and they're doing that high ticket stuff. You don't sell that $10,000, $20,000 packet stuff without selling the $27, $47, $97 type stuff. But it's not about the dot. Like our industry wants to be like, so how much should I offer it for? I'm like, how much value did you pack in it? Yep. It's not about the price point. It's about the value. And are you giving people stuff that moves them forward? Mm -hmm. Then they'll keep paying you more. But if you don't promise a bigger ambition or bigger outcome transformation, then you are stuck at the price. So that, I would just try to be like, let's walk through that model and figure out, but you, you don't worry about planning your high ticket thing right now. Worry about right now, where would my person come in where they're like, how to get like my morning in order. Yeah. All right, so start with that basic planner. Then when she's got that in order, what would she, I always use my wife's brand um, because she was one of my first students and whatnot. I think that's why she married me, people. <laughs> Coach type thing. But she had, um, and she's the host of a, of a of Pop Sugar Fitness. So she gets yeah. massive media. But just like everybody in our industry thinks, a lot of media is great. But if you don't got anywhere to funnel them to, mm -hmm. it's a job. Yep. Job. 
So she has to break down, oh, I've got 30-something professional women who their real problem isn't, I can't do your workouts, because they do her free workouts all the time. But why are they still struggling? Because they're like, I honestly I don't stick to shit for more than seven days. Yeah. yeah. It's like, maybe I should build a habit planner. I'm going to teach them basic habits. Then when we surveyed them, what was their next biggest problem? They don't lack comp, they lack confidence in themselves and esteem. Oh, so it's not just their fitness and their nutrition. Mm -hmm. No, they, over, they don't feel like they're worthy of themselves and all that stuff. I'm like, so what do you do? She's like, I'm going to build a formula to turn these into like confident women. And she's like, maybe I'm like, actually they all want to be sexy, but they want to be sexy not from the outside, but from the inside. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden that became the 21 day sexy, confident woman formula, not another body transformation. Right, program. right, right. And now also then that led to her creating a high performance coaching program at a thousand bucks. But she's like, if they didn't hit the planner, if they didn't yep. hit the sexy, confident woman, they never get to the high end coaching program. But Stepping stones. Well, each, yeah, each one of those yeah. stepping stones, you're building a raving fan. I mean, if you help a person go through those psychological barriers, I mean, of course, they're going to be willing to. And the relationship yeah. gets deeper. Yeah. The thing that yeah. a lot of people think about the online world is we're going to lose live connection. And that's what trainers are very scared of. And I'm like, no, because one, we all do this now. There's these yeah. things called Zooms and Skypes and things like that. So you still do all that. So you still don't lose that. You just might not be manually doing stuff with them as much anymore. Right. But like putting on live events is how you still get people in front of you. But now instead of I got to train one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one or small groups, you might be like, she's flying eight people into an immersion retreat with her. So mm -hmm. for a weekend, eight grand ain't bad for a trainer that was hustling all over L.A., yeah. But like now she's going to teach them cooking in the house. They're going to freaking do morning yoga and meditation stuff. So she's like all the stuff that I used to just do with one-on-one -on -one people. Now I just made it a higher thing and I still get live, but it's on my terms. Right. Mm -hmm. My life, not me 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Client cancels. I don't make money. This thing happens. I got to hustle to that gym and to over here. It's just the, the online world has changed. Yeah. The way you can deliver all this and the scale at which you can deliver it. Well, I think even, even webinars alone like this, where you can have, you know, say someone like you who's got a large email list or, or maybe the nudge company or something, you know, it's so helpful to be able to provide a seemingly very personal experience across a much larger population, like you said, doing delivering that kind of content in a way that, that doesn't feel, you know, email can do so much, right? You can't get but so deep in an email, but to be able to bring people into some kind of webinar like this. Yeah. And even something like email, and I want to give it its credit. Yes, it's old and busted compared to everything else we can do now, but it is a gateway to stuff like this, right? I can drop a link in an email and 10 minutes later I'm on a webinar or yeah. I'm letting them pick a specific time from my calendar that's available. That's right. Um, so all these tools yeah. kind of come off of each other and, and streamline processes. Vito, what are some of the things that you use just in your day-to-day, -day, just technology-wise? How do you run the empire? How do you run? Yeah, that's what we're asking yeah. for the magic here. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, email for sure. No matter what, it will still always be there. And it's still a way that a person gets to privately choose what they want in or out. Sometimes it's social media. Um, it's still in our control. Social media is not in our control. Zucks controls that effing yeah. algorithm <laughs> and whatnot. And that's, that's a, a big thing that I try to teach uh, people that are trying to build their business. Like if you only relying on assets that other people own, that's a very dangerous way to build your business. Yeah. Especially in the fitness industry where, where like 
Zucks and them were like, did you say lose 10 pounds? Deny. Did you put a woman in a freaking short thing? Deny. Like that's a very dangerous place. Right. To be. Yeah. yeah. Obviously we utilize those assets, but have your backup email. We use Facebook as our primary one because for my demographic, that's, that's where they're at. Um, you just, the audience just has to ask themselves, where is my audience at? What are they using? Then do I want to be there? Is it native to the way I like If Somebody's like, I'm really good on video. Then you want to be using Facebook live. You want to be using yeah. YouTube and the different things like that. But I keep it to the basics of, for me, it's YouTube, Facebook, our email, blog, website. Like that's the, we have, like we, um, we kind of outsource everything in the sense of, uh, any one piece of content, we distribute it to all of our outposts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have people that do that where I'm like, cool, they'll just take it, carve it up. Yeah, yeah. I stay focused on what I do best, which is the videos and the content creation. Yeah. And being the authority that way, I use all, like outsourcers to, to blend all that out there. Yeah. So are you, doing, are you doing a lot with Facebook Live right now? <clears throat> um, yes, that is where we're, we're, where we're shifting more to. And it was more along the lines of, what we were doing more was shooting the video and then posting the link, but guess what? Facebook's like, we're not favoring that as much anymore. <laughs> yeah. We want you to do live. And they're now, um, first, that was very inconvenient because you're like, Facebook live. But then then came out um, OBS which is like a software that you can now screen share and do things like we, that. We've used that, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you saw now that Facebook is testing with certain fan pages, like live videos built into the, into the desktop now. Oh, nice. So yeah. yeah, so like I got that. I just, somebody told me about it like a week ago and I was like, did they select me? Did they, <laughs> was I chosen? <laughs> so I was like, yes, I'm gonna use that more or whatnot. Thank you, Zuck. Yeah, 100%, now I like you, Zuck. Yeah. Back in my good graces. <laughs> but dude, we use Zoom like this. Yeah. We Vimify as our app platform and things like that. That and we're still old school. It's it's amazing to me. Like I probably spent half of my day on Zoom. And it oh really, God. you know, in some cases, yes, like you know, granted, face to face is always great, and I'm not gonna knock that by any means, but very rarely do I find myself in a situation where like I, I didn't fly out to California just to 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 meet Vito, knock on his door and say, Vito, I would kindly request you to be on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Quick email, quick Zoom, we hit it off. But we did find out, were you a Manchester United fan? Did we talk about this? Yes, we talked about that. Okay. Oh no. We can <laughs> wait. Wait a second, though. Were you ever didn't? What was your team again? We're West Ham fans. West Ham. That's yeah. right. The second hour of the podcast will be focused on EPL. We'll yeah. get to that later, though. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. But um, all of a sudden, it's just like it's like soccer. Yeah. Just <laughs> Background <laughs> shift, green yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just we're soccer field behind us. The. Um, no, but I, I think to the point though, I mean, the, all the tools we have now, it's, it's amazing how much of a business you can just build out of your, you know, home office. You really don't need to be going, you know, being that much time face-to-face -face or hands-on. No, it's whatever you need to, like you said, I mean, it, it all connects, right, to the same, yeah. to the same kind of psychology. It's how can you fit into their life better? And sometimes that's email. Sometimes that's a phone call. Sometimes that's a Zoom. Um, sometimes, well, you know, let's, this is something to, to pick up on that as well, but also like, there's a couple of thoughts on that. One, it's, it's time for us in our lives to just decide what lifestyle do you want? Yeah. Do you like 
getting up at 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. and being on somebody else's schedule, owning your brick and mortar studio and doing that, then that's your gig. But if you're like, I like working my business from anywhere in the world. And I like being on my terms, my schedule, dropping off my kids, picking them up, doing that, whatever I want. Then you're like, well, the online world and the online stuff is what I want more of. Mm -hmm. Or there's a hybrid version of that. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's choices now. It's up to you to decide what lifestyle you want and what way you want to go out there and do it. So that's the one thing on that side there, that that's the choice that the industry needs to mm -hmm. make. Go from there. Yeah. So speaking of that, I've seen in some of your uh, collateral veto talking about the five freedoms. Mm, Want to talk right. about that a little bit? Yeah, I was about to ask you if you hadn't touched on that. So, well, I mean, do you guys believe in in living with life with freedom? Yeah. Is this is this? Did you is this your mantra? Or did you take this from somebody? Well, I mean, no. I came up with the five freedoms, but it's not like yeah. it's an original thought in the sense. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about time freedom and financial freedom before in our lives, right. but I expanded it out to the idea of obviously we want time freedom, financial yeah. freedom, and hopefully location freedom. But I look at it also as people freedom and purpose freedom, mm -hmm. and those are two other elements that I look at because there's a lot of people living in the world where they're like, like even I when I had my studio. And I liked my trainers and I loved some of my trainers. But sometimes I was just like, God, these like I'm laden by this business that I can only find the best people in like a 10 mile radius. Because otherwise they're just not gonna work here. They're like, I don't wanna drive freaking more than a half hour to the gym. Yeah, one. yeah. And I find that I found that a bottleneck to the growth of my business. Then you have people like that are just in jobs that they're like, I work with douches and I don't get to choose who I work with. And that sucks as a way to live life yeah. that I'm like, when you have an online business, network marketing business, hybrid, business, there's a lot of different models to things, but you get to be like, I will choose who I want to work with. I get to choose who I work with, what clients I don't have to take any clients because I need every dollar coming in. Now I get to be like, I just get to work with like high performing people in the fitness industry or wellness industry that want to go out there and build visionary brands. You want to build brick and mortar? I'm not your guy anymore. I used to do that, but I'm, not, but I'm like, I only want people going this way. If I only want to spend my day getting on with Mac and Phil, that's it. Those are all the coaches that I brought on my beach body team and whatnot. It's a model that I can be like, we're voluntary business partners right now. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to sign any LLC paperwork or anything yep. like that. But as long as you're showing up and doing the work, you get my time. You become a dick bag. You start wasting my time and whatnot. I just don't hit yeah. that, that button down there that says leave meeting. <laughs> Leaving the Zoom. And I don't have to get back on it, but I don't have to like fire you. I don't have to freaking get lawyers involved and whatnot. I'm just like, I get to voluntarily choose. And I think that's a liberating place to be in this world today when we can do that. And people are catching on to that. And then the fact that we can build businesses based around the purpose that we want to do in this world. Not just, I'm a service provider, of course we are. But when you attach that to bigger meaning, something of significance, the legacy we're trying to leave behind, now we're attaching it to something that pulls us through the excuses, the dark times, the mm -hmm. stories, the, the life things that we've gone through. Because now we're like, this is something that I'm gonna leave behind. It's the artifacts I'll leave behind. Before my time is said and done, now we're building products with a different level then. Well, then you, so you're, you're hitting on things that I think are really missing. You, I don't feel like you see people in the industry coming with those kinds of aspirations saying, 
you know, I'm going to build this incredible visionary brand and I'm, you know, yes, this is my first stop to work in this facility, but I'm, I'm shooting way past that into the stars. Like I, I feel like you're the way in which you approach this is incredibly refreshing. We just don't hear this very often. And I feel like it needs to be, why isn't this ingrained in the industry is my question. Well, I mean, one, thank you for that. Um, but two, I just don't feel it's, it's like enough people are taught it. Yeah. And the industry hasn't put enough of those people on the platforms. And it's just like, because it's just, we are still ingrained that way to do that. That time is coming that mm-hmm. eventually what we're talking about, that's going to be the mainstream. And the others, they're going to either be phased out because either technology will replace them. In those people, technology can replace. Yeah. That, the two, the um, 299 app will probably right. replace those people. We'll replace those people, but the others will innovate and find a way to evolve and move on to something else. And that's why I believe empowerment and visionary pro, uh, brands are going to be the future of where we're going because you have the orange theories and the life yeah. fitnesses, those big corporate and franchises, they've got that other part. Mm-hmm. Involved. They're like, I got more money to outspend you and I can have, I can have, sign people at 47 bucks a month where you're a studio owner that put your life savings in this and you need to be making two, three, four, five hundred dollars per person. Sorry. If you're only offering fitness and just like classes. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. That's a really good point. Jeez. That's, well, Vito, this has been fantastic. The, uh, we just need to have you on again, and we, we will do a soccer podcast at some point. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. coming soon. And, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and call that the Soccer Well podcast. The it's, soccer. It's coming right after the Soccer Well podcast. Um, I, like, I have a lot of guests that we can bring on for that and some very colorful people. Oh, <laughs> don't even do. get me started. I have wanted to start a soccer podcast because I'm just convinced we know more than those people. Yeah, so. I'm feeling a lot of peer pressure right now as yeah. the show's producer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, Vito, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I want to ask, I want to leave it with some kind of like last words of advice from, from you, Vito, on like what people need to do if they're, if they're out there, if they're feeling like they could be this visionary, they can, you know, build one of these visionary brands and they just don't know where to start. Where do they go? What do they need to do next? And where can they find you at the end of all that? Number one, I mean, Here's the thing. They can find me on VitoLafada.com, simple website, Fitnesspreneurs Live on Facebook and whatnot. If somebody really wants something, there's this thing, Mr. Googs. You can find it. Mr. Googs. So here's the number one thing that you guys got to be like is like at this point in where we are in the world and in technology and, and media and all that, there's no excuse anymore. If you want it bad enough, if you have a vision deep inside you that you're like, I have a message that I need to share with somebody that's gonna change lives. At this point, you can learn anything. You can figure out the roadblock and get through it. You can figure out the books, the webinars, the mentors, the coaches. That's how all of us did it. We just said, somebody's doing it. How about I go role model, study them, and put it into action? Three things that I've just seen that will never let you down. Go study the people that are doing it, role model how they're doing it, and then go do it. Because there's a lot of talkers out there. There's not enough doers out there. You just need to start being like, I'm done with the talk and I'm going to start putting this into action and you're going to make it happen. It's as simple as that. That's awesome. Go do it. One other thing you need to go and do before you stop listening to this is go and rate the scale. Well podcast, please. I have a vision for having a five star podcast (laughs) in the app store. 
in iTunes. So keep chasing your dream, Phil. Keep I, chasing I'm your dream. Chasing it. I'm I'm putting that into action and, and asking for it right now. Please rate our podcast. It, um, okay. Thanks again to Vito Lafada for joining us today, and catch you next time on Scale Wall Podcast.